Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. It's nice to have short sleeve on, isn't it? Oh, man. So nice. Yesterday was beautiful. But the wind lately, it's, I mean, awesome. it's brutal, brutal. Uh, mother nature spreading the seeds <laughs> and then i noticed this weekend windy again kind of you know it's oh wow i'm ready for uh Jeez. i'm ready for the wind to die down i don't even mind if it's cooler temperatures just the wind is uh um, i'm not a big brutal. not a big fan <laughs> who, who likes wind I, i've never heard anybody i love wind <laughs> <laughs> Maybe exactly. a, sail, a sailor? I don't know. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, right? Totally. Uh, how's the family, man? What's going on with those four kids? I know you got what, three daughters, one son. What, what? What's the latest with the family? How is everybody? They're busy as always. Gunner, the, my son's running track right now, so those have been just horrible events. It's freezing and windy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, this is like suffering going to track meets but yeah he he's liking it. it's his first uh season doing track so it's new to him what is he uh 10 he's 11 sixth, 12 sixth grade yeah sixth what is grade. that 12 12 he's 12 yeah. yeah yeah any uh any any puberty any any hair under his arms any any signs uh, of any? i think he's just barely starting to get to that point so oh, not really okay. yet this next year will be the year i think he still hugs you and says, I love you, dad. And all like all that's still there. Yeah, that's still there. But I'm kind of like, Hey man, one of these days you need to toughen up a little bit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when they hit puberty. So the girls are older, right? So they're older. The girls are all How, older. Yeah. What, yeah. What are the ages there? Uh, 14, 16 and 21 now. Yeah. Almost 22. <laughs> Is the 22 year old off to college still at home or she's working? No, she, uh, she didn't, she went to high school and then straight into work. She hasn't done college. So we've been trying okay. to you know, convince okay. her to do that, but she's, she's the difficult one out of all the kids. We always have one tough one <laughs> and that's her. She was the rebel, huh? She's the rebel. Yeah. <laughs> Is she living at home or with some friends? Uh, she was, but now she's living with friends. Yeah. Apartments. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she was working not, at Shields. Oh, she was. Oh, she yeah, was. She was at Shields. Uh, she actually just moved to Illinois. What? With a boyfriend or with some friends? What? What happened? If boyfriend and a friend. So who knows how that'll go? You know, we all have to make those mistakes in life. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Oh my God! You're living that. You're living that, right? I've been through it, and my partner scott he's going through some of it. it you know we're always talking it's like man why don't these kids just do the right thing they're not listening to any of the advice i'm giving them but you know yeah. if you got if you got a free spirit a little bit of a rebel at that age i mean they're gonna they're gonna do whatever they want right they're gonna do it yep at least they at some point wisdom will catch up with them but <laughs> right now everything you say is that's 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 stupid <laughs> that's stupid yeah that's stupid 
I, yeah, yeah. I can just hear you. I can just hear you and your wife right now going, okay, so she's not going to go to school. She's living with some people. She's moving to Illinois. Like, why would you want to do it? My, my, uh, let's see, which, which we have four kids as well. They're all grown. So it's ours are like 24 to 32. Yeah. And uh, our 24 year old recently, uh, he, he comes over. He was living in Fort Collins, single, good looking kid living in Fort Collins dating different girl every weekend (laughs) working in a job that paid him $80,000 a year as a 24 year old in a little apartment. I mean, it's like, that's the, that's pretty good life for a young, good looking 24 year old. Right. Right. Yeah. He comes, he's like, well, I'm going to move to Oklahoma because his brother lives there. One of our other kids lives there. I'm going to Oklahoma and I'm going to move in with my brother and I'm going to help him for a while. I'm like, well, Okay, have you been to Oklahoma? I mean, he has been to Oklahoma. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? That's you don't want to do that. You're living in Fort Collins. You're a single kid living in Fort Collins. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Oklahoma is different. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna Way do different. what they want to do, right? They're just gonna do what they want to do. Yeah, hundred percent. You just have to let them learn. Do you have out of the four? Who's your straight arrow? Who's your who's your walks the line does all you know who's your who's your like straight a student anybody anybody in the group yeah actually all the the three younger ones all get pretty good grades taylor which is our second oldest gets pretty much straight a's Uh, but gabby's right with her too so they get they get pretty good grades they have good work ethic yeah well i wonder where that comes from (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, when they see you and they see grandpa do they call him grandpa papa what's your dad called Papa. Papa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They yeah. see you guys and they're like, okay. Uh, that's a lot of pressure to follow actually, right? A little bit of pressure, a little pressure. Yeah. Yeah. A little pressure is good for us all. It's kind of like being the kid of like Tom Brady, like that would suck. Yeah. That'd be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks you're going to be a superstar. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're, yeah. That would be, that would, that would actually be pretty hard because whatever you do did pretty good. The Mannings did pretty well. They did. Now they did. Yes. Right. How, well, of course, then the, how'd you like to be the son of Peyton? So, okay. Your grandpa, your dad, it's like, whatever you do, it's probably not going to be good enough. <laughs> I guess the one son's like apparently better than all of them in high school, which is, I, yeah. I, believe, I believe the brother that didn't play football. I can't remember his name, right. but he's on that talk show. He's on that game show with Peyton. <laughs> he's funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He will. I've read that as well. So, yeah. so, so the kids are good though. Everybody's healthy. Wife's good. Everybody's okay. Yep. Yep. Couldn't ask for anything better. So right. it continues. Yeah. How's your dad doing? He's doing good. Yeah. He's uh, working every day. He's actually out this week. He's taking a vacation. He doesn't take vacations very often. So that's good for him. <laughs> he uh, still active in the business, still coming into the office every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. He comes in every day. Yep. He would drive my mom insane if he stayed at home all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He loves it. He loves sales. He's always looking at the sales numbers, financials, all that. So does he still like close deals? He still takes guys out and closes the deal, get contracts signed or no? Oh, you know, here and there, but for the most part, he's hammering on the sales team. Hey, why aren't you guys closing deals? What's (laughs) happening here? (laughs) Uh. Is he the tough one and you're the soft one in the office? Like, does he go around and hammer people and then you kind of come back around and make sure everybody's okay and and help heal their wounds or how does that work? 
Uh, it depends on the day. I think it could go, it could go either way. So he's more direct, I would say for sure. Um, but if you go to, if you go to him on a one-on-one, he's pretty soft on the one-on-one, <laughs> but he'll be, he'll, he'll be direct and tell you what he thinks. You don't have to guess what he's thinking. So that's nice. uh i worked for uh, for a little while the reason i got to colorado is i was working for a horticulture outfit that grew uh bedding plants for lowe's and walmart and stuff like that a big big uh place out in fort lupton and uh, it was owned by a dutch family like third generation dutch family and uh the old man was still still walking around the greenhouse you know and he didn't no, he didn't know what human resources meant. Like there was no HR. <laughs> he would just, I mean, he would just walk. I mean, we would be walking through the greenhouse and he would just fire somebody on the spot. Like he would just say, Hey, get your shit and get out. I mean, I mean, there was no, <laughs> there was no like write-ups or coaching or mentoring. No, there was none of that. He was super hardcore and direct, but, uh, yeah. but you know, they ran it. Hey, they ran it. They had like a hundred million dollar business. So, I mean, people respect that style, you know, sometimes. Yes, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, What I was going to ask you, you know, you've always been an in shape guy. You're, you know, health is important to you. You were, you played, you know, you were athlete, you played college football. So that's a big part of your life. I think it still is right. Making sure that you're staying Mm -hmm. healthy. Yeah, absolutely. What advice do you have for folks? Cause you're, are you 40, 41, 42? Where are you at now? 42. How's that feel 42. by the way? The forties. Is that, is that, is that. Uh, well, we started playing on a Monday basketball league here at Madwire, just pick up after uh, work. And okay. I need, I need all of the seven days to recover for the next <laughs> Monday. I can tell you that. So I, I can still move around decently um and hang in there with those guys but my recovery time you know is much slower now that's one thing i've noticed (laughs) yes yes have you also noticed that when your brain tells your leg to move it's it's not as quick (laughs) there's a delay on that yeah (laughs) absolutely especially the first week i'm starting to get in more condition now i'm getting used to it but yeah initially it was very slow reaction time (laughs) What uh, advice do you have for, for 40 and 50 year olds that uh, need to need to work out a little bit in the mornings? Cause I think, are you a morning workout guy or afternoon? I can't remember. I'm lunchtime. You're a lunchtime guy. Okay. Lunch break workout. Yep. What advice do you have for guys in their forties and they're just, they just, they're stuck, you know, the guts getting out there. They're not doing it anymore. What, what, what would you say? What's the, what's the key to keep doing it? To keep doing it is you got to start doing it. I think you got to develop a habit of it, right? Um, and you know, maybe make it easy at first. I think sometimes we try to do a workout program. You know, we just come out swinging, and you just get burned out pretty quick. And you're just, you know, you just don't continue that. So maybe start simple. Start with a five minute workout, then maybe go to ten, and then go to fifteen. I remember I tried to do. I got in this thing where I was like, I'm going to do a hundred push ups a day. Um, and I'm going to try to do hundred in a row, you know? So the first day I got to like 35 and I was smoked and I was like, wow, I got a long ways to go. And then I tried to do it the next day and I started to feel defeated. Cause you know, I could, I could only do 35 again. So then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do one push up, And then the next day I'm going to do two. And then the next day I'm going to do three. And then I was able to get up to hundred, you know, so really? start easy because nobody's going to get up and be like, I'm not doing one push up. You know, it's like, that's so fast and so easy. You can't even make an excuse not to do it. So I think if you start there, maybe you can ramp up. 
That's a good tip, by the way. A uh, very good tip. Is your wife, does she, is she an in-shape person as well? Or do you have to push her along or she's right there with you? What's the, what's the deal? She's right there with me. Yeah, she likes to work out and enjoys it. And, you know, she consistently works out probably about three or four times a week. That's pretty cool. Now, my wife is 51 this year, and uh, she's always been a small person. Like, she's always been 5'3", and somewhere between 100 pounds and, and 115 pounds, like, pretty much the whole time we've been married. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and she she's worked retail for, for many, many years, working the retail floor, walking around. Well, she recently joined us here at Recruiting from RiderFlex as, uh, as an employee, so to speak. Nice. And so she's working for us, and she quit the retail job. And I told her, and she used to, she wears what she used to wear one of those, those, those watches that would counter calories and her steps and everything at store. Right. Mm. And, uh, she was onboarding with us and training and um, we were showing her what to do. And I said, now listen, I said, I'm, I'm telling you right now, one of the very first things you're going to notice is the fact that you're not walking 15,000 steps a day yeah. and you're sitting, you're sitting at a desk. I was like, you're, you're going to notice it. And she's, she, she was like, Oh yeah, whatever. You know, she was kind of like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, three weeks has gone by and she's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I got to do something. So we go over to Shields this last weekend and uh, we buy an eight hundred dollar exercise bike. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> but but she's been on it every morning. The last four mornings she's nice. been on it. In there, so, you know, and I you know, but uh, the point is the point of all, all that conversation is as you get older, you got it's hard it's harder you got to you got to keep moving it's very important to stay active i really believe that and for everybody listening to the podcast especially if you're in your 50s or 60s when arthritis starts setting in and different injuries happen it, it, it's easy not to want to move around and be active but it, it's important to do something stay active keep moving keep moving yeah. you don't use it you lose it Yes, I, I can tell when I if I just miss a week or two, I come back and I'm hurting, you know, so you have to consistently do it um, and you have to schedule it. You have to be disciplined and don't think about it. Just go. Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Just don't even think about it, because I have never you know, I think most people I talk to, nobody's super pumped about going to work out, um, but they're always glad that they did when yes. they go. So and it, for me, it cuts my day in half when I work out at lunch. It just makes my day feel, feel so much faster. When I come back mm. in the afternoon, the afternoon just feels like I'm just just a breeze, you know, mm. and mm. you might be feeling tired and then you work out and now you you don't. Now you're energized. So, yeah, there's huge value there. I think it exercises your mind, too. It gives you a second to rest your mind and work your body. You know, you flip the script on it. Whereas if you're working your mind all day, just like we can physically overwork out, you can overwork out your brain too. And so going to work out actually rests your brain while you work your body. So it's a good mm, balance. That's good stuff, JB. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. You're a very, uh, faith is important to you, right? Faith and, mm -hmm. and, and religion is important to you. Hope you don't mind me sharing that. I think you, yeah, you no, talk absolutely. about that pretty, pretty openly. Um, do you, uh, what's your, what's your, uh, denomination or whatever? Do you, do you, are you like, uh, uh, simply God, Baptist, Catholic, what, what, what's your, or are you just general? What, what is it? I'm Catholic. Yeah. You're Catholic. Okay. You grew up Catholic. Your dad was Catholic. So, so like third, fourth, fifth generation Catholic family type deal. Yeah. I don't even know how far back it goes a long ways, probably back to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, in today's world, 
It's harder. It, it seems harder. Now, I grew up in Oklahoma. My mom was hardcore assembly god. Like, I mean, tried to make us go to church three times a week. I mean, I, that's how I grew up in Oklahoma. Super conservative, right? Gotcha, yeah. Um, it seems harder in today's world, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it seem harder to stick to the faith because it just seems like there's this global push away from it, or at least it feels that way. Um, almost like it's, it's not, it's not, um, as popular. It's not as, it's not as, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. talked about as much. I don't know. There seems like there's a push away from it or is that just me? No. Yeah, I think there is. I mean, you can see that happening definitely where the bad are good and the good are bad and everything's been flipped and, somehow you know people of christian faith are somehow now discriminatory and you know it's just like everything has gone backwards from (laughs) what it was the there's no reason and it's thinking by all emotion and no logic and that's Mm -hmm. you you've definitely seen that just in society and i just think it's just these messages and social media and the herd mentality um, that's happening and we all need to step back and use reason and truth and what is the truth and what is reasonable it yeah. doesn't matter how you feel. What's the truth, you know? And I think we need to operate more with intellect and logic than reacting off of emotion. You know, we all feel emotion, but that doesn't mean we make a decision in that moment. Like mm-hmm. you, you feel it, but you step back and you think logically, you know, what is the right means to the right end? What's the good means to the good end? You know, um, and I think we've moved away from that a little bit overall. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, the social media piece, you bring up a great topic right there. I wanted to ask you about a little bit because you're a marketing expert, right? So let's let's chat about this. Um, the one-sided narrative on social media, it at least it feels that way to me. I'm not an expert, but um, social media that's controlled by, by certain platforms seems very uh, close-minded and one-sided. And often, I think it's fair to say, I think anybody listening to this podcast, even if you're far left, I think it's fair to say that the social media is pretty slanted towards the left, isn't it? I mean, it seems like it's, they're closing down any other narrative uh, for anything else. Um, That's how it seems. I don't know. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, definitely. And I think there is a little bit more balance coming in. It seems like more people are starting to speak up. I think generally speaking, a lot of times people try to stay out of the drama, but it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I feel like I do need to actually balance the scales here. And so I think there is some of that coming back, but, you know, drama sells. And unfortunately, people are attracted to negativity. Like if we see a hundred good reviews on a page, what do we go look at? We go read the one bad one, you know, and it's just... It's just the way that we're, unfortunately, it's the nature of us. And so that attracts, you know, more followers, more engagement, more comments, more shares. And the whole goal of social media companies to get to get more people using their social media platform. So they're pushing the the storyline, right? The drama and those pieces and even their algorithms automatically push it to the top. So that makes it a little more challenging. But, you know, I think there is somewhat of a correction, it seems like coming back. Maybe if uh, Elon Musk buys Twitter, it'll it'll even you know balance the scales even more. Who knows? <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting with the Elon thing? Uh, by the way, we're recording this on April twenty first, twenty twenty two. I respect the fact that whether and by the way, whether you're an Elon Musk fan or not, if you're listening to this show, you kind of respect the fact that he's 
he's to me he's saying hey man these platforms need to be more free speech and not so one-sided and this cancel culture bullshit and turning people off yeah we can't do that and he's like he's like okay i'm just gonna buy twitter and fix that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know i love That's, it yeah i do too i'm like yeah yes i totally agree um um, I think guys like him and that, that kind of goes to your point where you, you're saying it feels like maybe there's a starting to be a little bit of a swing now to mm-hmm. not be so one-sided. And I think Elon is smart enough. I mean, he's one of the smartest guys on the planet. Uh, I think he's smart enough to see like, that's not healthy. Like we can't, we really can't do that. We do need to have um, open free speech platforms and, because I think it's super dangerous. I think it's very dangerous to have platforms with that much power that are one-sided or can control narratives and don't let certain sides speak out. Now I realize the private companies and all I've heard the whole, I've heard all the arguments around it and I get it, but I mean, it's, that's scary. That's scary when you can control that much uh, information and, uh, and you can control the narrative. And I think Elon is, is basically saying in a certain way, Hey, this is not healthy. Like we, we can't do this. At least that's how I read the situation. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. I think, I mean, our country was founded on freedom of speech and <laughs> we can all believe what we want to believe. And we respect that. doesn't mean we agree with it, but right. we all respect the different viewpoints and that's what our country was built on. And so it, that should carry through everything, including social media. You know, there should be um, no censorship of, you know, things that are being said, you know, unless it's complete slander and craziness, you know, you know, there should be uh, freedom of speech there. And, yep. and that's, I think that's what we're trying to get back to hopefully. So hopefully not just, not just on social media, but just in general, hopefully we get back <laughs> to that point. Right. You know? Just in general. Yeah. But, but- by the way, and I want to ask you about CEOs speaking out on social media. Don't let me forget to come back to that. But um, here's one thing that I was trying to explain to my 24-year-old. I was telling him, I said, look, do you understand that back in the 60s and 70s, it was the left liberal hippies that were saying, hey, free speech, and we need to, we have the power to believe whatever, and don't try to shut us down and everybody has the right to think however they want to. It was that side (laughs) that was, that was on that mission. And somehow we have totally flipped that on its head. And, and, and the left is now the one shutting down thoughts and free speech. And I I find that fascinating. I, I, I was telling my kid, I'm like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how we got there, but I'm telling you, it's complete opposite of what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, you got, you got to live in this side of this box, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you can't do those things, say those things. That's not allowed. It has to be here. You know, that's, that's what it feels like. So that's crazy. That's, that's yeah. not the, that's not the, that's not the country I, I grew up in. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's wild. So you know, we just have to keep uh, pushing the ball forward as a culture and as a community. And, you know, the, the, it will all correct itself if it, hopefully, hopefully we all work towards that. So, yeah, hopefully, because I do believe the control of information through the Internet. Is one of the most important things we're going to have to decide as human beings like that, yeah. because that that has 
so many ramifications in power, like, like being able to control that information flow is critical. That, that's going to be one of the most important things we need to figure out. Um, what are your thoughts on CEOs that, uh, like you deal with small business owners, right? You know, that's what you guys do. You help small business owners with their marketing. I can only imagine when you've spent time with a small business that is a client of yours, you're trying to get them, you know, more followers, more likes, more business, more revenue. You guys are helping them along. And then the CEO goes on LinkedIn and like says something crazy, like pisses a bunch of people off. Are you like, bro, listen, I don't, I advise you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What are, yeah, your thoughts I, on CEOs? what are your thoughts on CEOs speaking out and going crazy on certain topics on social media? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, as far as when you're speaking about your brand or on behalf of your brand, you should just speak to what your expertise is. You mm-hmm. know, if, if you, if RiderFlex focuses on hiring and helping with recruiting, then that's what you should be talking about. Everything under the sun about that topic, right? And mm-hmm. we should be talking about business tools and marketing, um, I, you know, I get businesses supporting good causes and helping the people of Ukraine and those sorts of things and helping raise funds and that kind of a deal. But, you know, when they are buying your product or service or looking at the things that you do, they're not, they're already getting those narratives in other ways. You know, they don't need your sales pitch on, you know, what we should be doing to teach, you know, kids certain things in education or <laughs> what's happening overseas. They want to know how does your marketing software work? How does your recruiting process work? That's all you should be talking about. Now, if you have a personal account separate from your brand, you know, then that whatever you want to talk about there, that's your personal account. But as far as your business and your branding, your email marketing and the the social posts that your business is putting out there, just stick to your wheelhouse. Just stop talking. What I hate is whenever something new happens now, I get like 20 emails from different brands about their position on something. It's like, I don't care what your position is on it. I don't need 20 emails from all these different brands about your position on something. Just email me about what you do. That's why I'm engaged with you in the first place, you know? <laughs> uh, but great, great comments. Um, speaking of, I think it's called virtue signaling, right? Is that the topic when people are like grab a hold of something and then they stick it on their brand messaging to look like, to make it look like they support it? Yep. Um, that drives me nuts. Like I, I really, it really gets on my nerves. I don't mind saying this. And by the way, you know, the whole, let's just use the Ukraine thing, for example. First of all, 90% of people posting anything about Ukraine have no freaking clue what they're talking about and probably can't even point it out on the map. <laughs> right. No, I know. Uh, 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 and so I, I want to quickly say to the audience, like, hey, I'm, I'm in support of, you know, all the doing the right thing and countries that are, you know, uh, uh, invaded. I'm, I'm in support of all that, but, but do me a favor, uh, audience. Don't, don't, don't post stuff about Ukraine just to get marketing for your own business and making it look like you really care about what's going on when you really don't. And, you, and, you know, the whole changing the flag, putting the flag on your, your, your company post and all that. And I'm like, man, what you got? There's starving kids and countries being um, exploited all over the planet. And now you're not doing that for anybody else, but suddenly you jump on the Ukraine thing. You don't even know what's going on. That I just, it, it, it drives me nuts, JB. I really have, I it really, it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. I don't just, just stick to your wheelhouse. Like I said, stick, yeah. to, 
stick to your wheelhouse, man. Stick to your wheelhouse. And I, and you, and like you said, I don't give a shit what your stance is on stuff. Like just service me. What, what's your, if I'm paying you to do something, just serve, just service me. Right. I don't, I don't care about any of the rest of that stuff. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Totally. Uh, yeah. So I would, I, I, my personal advice is, you know, to folks is, you know, the, the virtue signaling is um, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, cheesy. Like it's cheesy. Like, come on, man. Like, come on. Don't, 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 don't be making excuses just to get your, your brand out there. Just when you don't even really know what you're talking about, it gets, it gets my damn nerves. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I don't, and I really dislike even the phrase virtue signaling because it's taking a very good thing, virtue, which is essentially character. It's your characteristics yeah, trying yeah. to make it a bad thing. I mean, let's call it what it is. You're being a poser. You're faker. That's, <laughs> that's what right. it is. We don't have to say that's not, you have bad character. You know, we're not saying this is character signaling. This is, yes. Yes. That's, you know, virtue is a very good thing. And that goes back to, we're trying to take things that were good and somehow make them bad. You know, virtue, there's a lot of different virtues. They're essentially your characteristics that build your character of who you are. Um, and that's a very good thing. And so just by making that phrase somehow a bad thing, it makes that word now seem like a bad thing. And that word is actually a great thing. Like people of virtue, like Aristotle and Marcus Aurelius and, you know, these great philosophers, virtue was the number one thing that they taught. You had to be a virtuous person, right? Someone of high character, of great intellect and character and um, prudence, you know, all the way through. And now we're taking this good thing and somehow making it bad. And that just goes back to everything now. Everything's being flipped. It's just crazy. <laughs> You're so right. Uh, you're so right. I was had this uh, uh, lady on my podcast recently. Um, she her her company and her mission is to help uh, children in uh, poverty stricken countries that don't have fresh water and don't have food, etc. And she, I was talking to her the other day, and she was really just emotionally upset about it, it, basically what she was saying. I'm trying to use the same words. She was saying there are starving children that don't have fresh water and plumbing all over the planet. She goes, I, I see it every day when I travel to Africa and I travel to these countries and kids playing with open sewer and, and things. And, 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 and nobody cares. Nobody says anything about that. Nobody's posting anything about that. And then suddenly the whole country puts the Ukraine flag on their LinkedIn profile. She, she was very upset about it. She's like, <laughs> she's a, how do we how does that happen you know and why can't we get our priorities in line anyway anyway yeah. this um yeah the social media piece is a fascinating animal um but let's roll that now let's let's kind of push that towards what you guys do um because i know that's not all you do and by the way let me just tell the listeners right now madwire is um the official sponsor for Rider Flex on all of our guest podcasts and JB and his team over at Marketing 360 and Website 360 and Top Rated Local. They have done wonderful things for us here at Rider Flex, constantly supporting us. They gave us an awesome website. They've increased our rankings on organic uh, media. Uh, they've done all kinds of things for our branding with our podcast. Love everything you guys do for us, JB. So thank you. Awesome. Um, thank you. But give us an overview a little bit uh, for the listeners that don't know. Um, give us the maybe the Madwire Global and then, you know, each each brand you have over that and, how, and what you guys do for people. Go for it. 
Yeah, well, Madwire's mission is to help small businesses grow and their local communities glow. And that's what we talk about all the time. And the way that we do that is through um, providing a marketing platform called Marketing 360 to small businesses where they can log in and they have everything they need to need they need um, in one login from a website to a CRM to manage leads and customers to collect payment to manage their social media or their email or their ad campaigns, et cetera, all from one platform. Um, and then one thing that makes us unique is beyond just the platform. If a small business needs help, we have talented people, designers, video um, people, content writers, social media managers, et cetera, that can step in that can help the small business actually market and grow their business. So almost like an outsourced marketing team is essentially mm -hmm. what you get in addition to the platform. So whether you just need a website or you need everything, including all the tools and the talent to help you grow your business, we provide all of that through Marketing 360. It, your target audience, we talked about this target client, uh, is um, uh, what did you say, 50 employees and under? What, what's your target? Yeah, all small business, generally 100 employees or less and any kind okay. of vertical you could think, any, anything you'd see around town. Um, okay. from, you know, HVACs to chiropractors to an e-commerce store or a retail store or a restaurant, any type of business you can think of pretty much all small business. Okay. Do you specialize in anything or, and, and what is the bulk of your client list? Is it CPG or service businesses or? It's pretty evenly distributed. We have about 30% e-commerce. So they're selling anything you could think of online, have an online store. That's their business. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the rest would be service businesses. And, you know, about half of those would be where they're visiting you in some regard. And half would be where they have like a brick and mortar where the customer's visiting them. I see. Okay. And it really is, I guess, in layman's terms, if you have a small business and you don't have the money or you're not big enough to have a VP of marketing or a marketing manager and pay them full time, but you need a little help, call Madwire. Is that, is that the short, that's it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if you're a brand new business, starting your business and you just need all the tools, you know, um, that's a hard thing to navigate. You know, how do I find the good website platform? How do I find a way to collect payment? And now where do I look for email? And there's all these tools out there. So marketing 360 is the easy button. Essentially it's one platform that has all the tools within one login. Mm. Okay, love it. So even if you're starting, you can you can do uh, you can help with the branding and the logos and oh, messaging, yeah. all of that. Absolutely. Yep. We work with okay. tons of brand new businesses. Yep. What's your favorite, JB? Personally, what do you what do you uh, when you have to kind of drill down into the different things you guys do? Whether it's I don't know social media, paid marketing, AdWords, branding. What what's JB's favorite when when you're in the office? What do you what are you diving into? Gosh, it seems like it changes every week. I, <laughs> I love it all. You know, I love making a difference and that's mad, you know, make a difference every day, however you can. And with a new business, it's really fun to be a part of their branding process, you know, helping them put together their brand. And sometimes it's an existing brand, but their brand's somewhat outdated. They need to be livened up. So the branding side of it's very fun. Thinking through the strategy um, that's going to work best for them is fun. You know, that's what makes marketing exciting, but marketing is always changing. So you got to be adapting and evolving. And our tools are, are cool too. When you see a business that's using the tools like the CRM and it's making them more efficient, they can run their business, you know, smoother. You can tell that you're making a difference there and, and they appreciate it. And so that it's all fun, you know, it depends on the area of focus at the time. I think I, I, I enjoy what I'm doing in the moment. <laughs> okay. 
there are, I've had lots of guys on the podcast um, that own marketing agencies uh, or, or a marketing firm or whatever verbiage you want to use. Um, obviously, Riderflex's favorite is Madware because that's, that's who we use for everything. Um, <laughs> but for the listeners, why? Why, why is Madwire better or different? Because there's so many, I mean, shit, you could just type in marketing agencies in Colorado. You could probably pull up a million of them, right? Why Madwire? What, what makes you guys special? I think the biggest thing that makes us different is you're going to find a lot of software companies with great tools that you can use. You're going to find a lot of great agencies that provide excellent services. You're going to rarely find a company that does both, that has both the technology and the talent through one solution, one monthly bill, one phone number to call, one thing, one platform to log into. That's pretty tough to find. And that's generally what makes us different. We'll tell the listeners, um, I'm not just, this is not just smoke and mirrors. Badwire, the team, JB and his team, they always have fast response. And that is so important for me, for my style, for my company. Man, if I email or call you guys, somebody's getting back to me right away, or you're getting back to me personally, which I'm always very impressed with. And, you know, it really means a lot to me, the fact that JB Kellogg is emailing me directly. I'm not, by the way, I'm not, I'm not telling all the listeners that JB is going to email everybody directly, but I mean, the fact that you guys get back to us or Brandon or anybody else on your team, they just answer questions. They pick up the phone. They they're super responsive, just super responsive. And that is very important to me and our culture because Riderflex, we, we consider ourselves a, a quote, fast response culture. culture. And I think that's it's very funny important. It's funny because we talk about, you know, what's more important, speed or quality? And what we always say is speed is quality <laughs> because yes. if you go to a restaurant and the steak is amazing, but you waited five hours to get it, quality is bad in your mind. <laughs> If you get right. a pretty good steak within right. five minutes, the quality is amazing, right? Um, if you want a painting, um, you want the quality to be good, but you know you don't want to wait five years for the Mona Lisa. You probably <laughs> want it done in a reasonable amount of time. And so it's a combination. When a customer asks for something, the first thing we should focus on is speed. How do we get it to them quickly? And then, of course, at an expected quality level. But what we don't want to do is get caught trying to you know, have the most perfect piece of quality content or whatever it is and take forever to get it to them because quality degrades every minute after that email arrives. You got to get back to them quickly. you know. And it's just like a new lead. We always tell our salespeople, leads age like mayonnaise in the sun. As soon as you get a lead, the time kills all deals. The quicker you can call them, the better. I mean, you really need to call them within five minutes. Within five yes. minutes of that getting yes. that lead, you need to call them, if not faster, because if you if you don't do that, you've missed your opportunity a lot of times. So it's always about speed. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. By the way, uh, as you know, you guys have been helping us with our inbound traffic and doing a great job. We got an email, an inbound email from Larimer County. Hmm. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it was a, a lady that works at Larimer County. She's like, hey, uh, we're going to be hiring an executive over here at the county. We'd like We'd like to talk to you guys about it. Beautiful. When I saw, so when that lead comes into our website, right. And me and several other people see it, I know who, you know, several of us get it, me, Scott, and several of the other people. I see that email and JB, it's like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this about 
six minutes for somebody to respond before I call somebody. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just watching that email thinking somebody better grab this. Cause if they don't, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, yes, it's very important. Uh, also interesting getting, getting our uh, RV ready for spring. Cause Kim and I are big, big campers and uh, cool. there was a water leak underneath that. Yeah. As usual, every time you open stuff up in the spring, there's like usually something wrong. Anyway, had a little water valve problem. And so I could have fixed it on my own, but I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't have time. So go online and the guy I used to use moved away. So I had to find somebody new. So I call two different places, one place, of course, you know, you got to leave a message. I call this one place, bam, she picks up, she picks up the phone and she answers and she says, okay, he'll be out there on Monday, which was like, I called on Friday and she scheduled it for Monday. Cool. Anyway, he, the guy comes out. I'll just, uh, I don't, I give him a little, I'll give him a little uh, uh, nudge here on the podcast. Redneck RV, which I love the name. Redneck <laughs> RV in Colorado. Anyway, comes out, uh, Gary, and uh, does a great job and, you know, charges me a fair price. And he asked me, he's like, hey, why'd, why'd you call me? Or why me out of everybody else that you could, you know, you could call. And I said, well, number one, you answered the phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. You answered, the phone. you answered the phone and I only had to wait two days. And uh, uh, to be honest, I didn't even care what the price was. The fact that you answered the phone and you got to me in two days. Great. Speed, speed to your point, speed, move, move quickly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Speed, man. So important. Yeah. Uh, how big is the company now? I know you, you had around 600 employees. What do you guys, is it still around there? Yeah, we're still around the same size. Um, we're, we're, we're just under 600. It's about the same as we've been for a while now. We've added revenue and customers, but we haven't added headcount too much just through efficiencies. Our team's just okay. getting better um, at execution, essentially. So, Okay, which means you're more profitable, hopefully. Yeah, you know, you're always trying to work to be healthier. So, absolutely. And you have the uh, business in uh, Austin still? Is that flying a flag under a different brand now? Or what are you doing with that? We do, um, but we don't have a physical location there anymore. So we subleased that office, but we still have a team there. They're just working remote. Okay. Okay. And what, are they, and what is that? What do they do? Same thing? Just a lot of the same things. Yeah, they're just integrated into our teams now here, but um, a big uh, part of our support staff is in Austin. So supporting our technology, you know, answering customer tickets, that kind of a thing. Um, and then a number of our engineers that build our platform are in Austin. Okay, very good. You and your dad, are you going to, is this a lifestyle business for you? Um, you know, you're going to pass it on to your, your kids and, you know, just keep it in the business or because, because I know you guys took on a little cash, I think maybe from a PE firm. I don't know if it was a PE firm. Maybe it was Angel Investors. You took on a little money. Are you, is there a plan to buy some more businesses, more M&A, sell it someday? What are you guys thinking? Yeah, we're open to whatever, you know, allows us to make a greater impact. Um, if that would be through uh, a partner, you know, that would be something we'd be interested in where we could, you know, attack a wider landscape of small business customers or, get more tools into the platform through M&A um, opportunities. We're always looking at those things, of course. So we're always entertaining that. Um, we're not, you know, against any one strategy. You know, we just look at each opportunity and does this ultimately help our people? You know, we put our people first and 
is this a good situation for them and our customers, obviously? And then are we able to help even more people with these opportunities? And a lot of times the answer is no. Sometimes it does make sense. We've done a couple acquisitions here recently um, mm. over the last three or four years that went very well and I think made our platform and our team better and our customers better all the way around. So that was great. Um, but yeah, we had some, some very small investors in the early years, haven't had any since. But we're open to it always. You know, we have those conversations. And if there's an investor or a strategic company that, you know, can put more gunpowder in there for us and we can attack, you know, the market, acquire more customers, acquire more technology, you know, even grow quicker, then we're always open to those ideas. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. You and your dad got get into any fun uh, battles lately? Anything, any, any cool battles you want to share at the, at the family Diner, dinner table or in a conference room, anything cool you want to share? Uh, we have a couple battles coming up where we're planning on starting to go head to head in pickleball. <laughs> um, that's the new thing. I, yeah. So we're, we're going to get a little net here at the office and start doing some, you know, midday battles of pickleball. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. What is, what is he 62 now or something? What, how old is he? Yeah, he's 63. 63. Still in good shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he still works out every day, too. We, we both go at lunch together and work That's out. That's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, hey, I highly respect the fact that you've been working with your dad all these years. You know, family, a family dynamic like that, it's, it, it can be tough. It can, that can be, it, it's tough to run a business, period. It's sometimes even harder when you have the family dynamic. And the fact that you guys have been doing it this long, it's gone this smooth with the growth that you've had. I mean, really, congratulations on that. That's really something to be super proud of. That's very hard to do. Very hard to do. Oh, no. Yeah, I appreciate it. My dad and I always say life is hard. Business is harder. <laughs> Business is tough. There's always a new problem. Every single, it's just never ending. Every. So it's yeah, just like in, we have problems in life all the time too, but business is just like, you're just being attacked constantly. So you know how it is. It's tough. I do definitely do. It's every day. It's, it's, uh, I would say one of my favorite lines is this because people will talk to me about trying to start their own business or they want to be entrepreneurs. And I always say, look, let me just tell you something right now. Being an employee is easy. <laughs> try right. running a business as a founder. It's a hundred times harder. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> very difficult. JB, is there any particular thing you're trying to improve on right now that you're really focused on for yourself? Because I know you're you're that type of guy, right? You're always trying to be stronger, wiser, do the right thing, help people. You're always, you know, you're one of those self-improved guys, right? You're never satisfied. Anything in particular you're focused on right now that you're trying to get better at? Yeah, uh, it's funny because we were talking about virtue earlier, and that's an area that I've really been studying a lot, and that's why that hit hit home to me. Um, there's an analogy of a horse and chariot from way back in Plato's time, which has been popularized, you know, in the in the ancient times. But Saint Thomas Aquinas really expanded on it, you know, in around 1500 or so. But the horse and chariot is basically you have the rider, the reins, and the horses, and this is the order of our soul. The rider is the symbolizes your intellect. It's the charioteer. The reins represent your will, your willpower. Mm. And then the horses represent your passions and emotions. And one horse represents passion and emotions in the face of difficulties and trials. 
And the other horse is when you face desires and temptations. Mm. And the problem is, is most people are led by their horses. They make decisions based on the, their passions, their emotions, their desires, their temptations, difficulties, trials. And what they're not doing is leading with intellect and will. The intellect and will should direct the horses. And if you're mm -hmm. led by the horses, they're going to take you all over the place and you'll never get where you want to go. But if you have strong intellect and strong will, you can lead your horses wherever you want them to take you. And so that whole methodology inside of intellect, will, and passions, there's a, you know many virtues that support those different things. So for intellect, it's prudence. For the will, it's justice. And for one horse, it's fortitude, so courage. And for the other horse, it's temperance. So those are all main virtues. And then there's many sub-virtues underneath it. But essentially, the thing that's cool about it is just simply understanding that programs your mind to live a virtuous life of high character. And I think one thing we're losing out in in school is we're teaching math and science and English and all this stuff. And what we're not doing is teaching the most important thing of all, which is character. How should you actually live your life? What is, what's the path to living a virtuous life that is for the greater good of everyone? We're not teaching the very most important thing in school. And the, the funny thing is they used to teach it. This was actually taught in school um, for, for you know, hundreds of years. And then it was taken out of education at some point. And mm. I think if we simply taught people that, you would have a much better society. And so it's been fascinating to me and I continue to learn about that, but it's made me a better person. I mean, simply just supplying your mind with the right knowledge, you're, you're giving it the right data to make better decisions. And when you're missing that, you're just often led by your emotions. Mm. Good stuff, JB. Good stuff. That's a perfect wrap right there. I think we'll just wrap it right there. <laughs> Buddy, appreciate you coming back on the Rider Flex podcast and, and chatting and sharing your story and telling us about Madwire. Congratulations on everything you're doing, my friend. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Had a lot of fun.